Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller. And we are lucky enough today to have the man in charge of our fisheries division here and also soon-to-be retiree John Schoberg. John, thank you so much for taking time to be here on your last few weeks with us. Oh, you bet. It's my pleasure. So 41 years at Endow. 41 years tomorrow, actually. Oh my gosh. Since this is the ninth. So we're catching you right on... The cusp. The cusp. Yes. That is crazy. And then June 14th, Monday, mm-hmm. is your last day. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? You seem so calm and casual about it. Has it hit you yet? Well, not really. You know, <laughs> I've, I've got about three works worth of stuff to do in the next three days. So <laughs> <laughs> three, wor- three weeks worth. In three days. That will be yeah. a fun three days. <laughs> well, like I said, we're glad you made the time to come in and chat with us. Sure. Um, and we, I almost just want to start back to the beginning of your adventure for people who don't know. So right now, as I said, you're our, the fisheries division administrator. Yes. But you started with Endow, as you said, almost 41 years ago tomorrow. Yes. Actually, even before that, I worked as a seasonal for two summers um, oh, wow. In the mid-70s when I was going to college at UNR um, in Elko and also in Smith Valley, a couple of other places that aren't there anymore. Those offices um, are long gone. <laughs> uh, actually, I counted, I think I've worked seven places for the department that don't exist anymore. Wow. Um, that shows. In the 41 shows. years plus, yeah. Uh, but here. yeah, I started uh, June 10th, um, 1980 at the old Verdi Fish Hatchery. Wow. As a hatchery technician one. Or excuse me, that was before we had hatchery technicians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now even the roles have changed. <laughs> yeah, I was, a, I was a fish and game agent one at uh, Lake, at uh, Verdi Hatchery. So that's basically the equivalent of a hat. what we now refer to. It would be the equivalent of a hatchery technician, yeah. <laughs> and you also mentioned you've had roles that don't even exist anymore, and that's Verdi Fish Hatchery. Yeah, Verdi, Washer Rearing Station. Um, our Vegas Drive office in Las Vegas that's gone now. Uh, the Elko Airport office, Smith Valley Station. And our Kitsky Road office when we were there. And if you want to count them, also uh, when headquarters of Valley Road, although we still have an office there. So. And so were you, are you from Reno? From the no, actually, I grew up in Southern California and came up here, went to school uh, at UNR. I had no idea about that. Starting in um, <laughs> starting in nineteen seventy fall of nineteen seventy three, I think it was. Wow. Well, I guess a little fuzzy after all this. <laughs> yeah, that's why when I started, I just knew you had been here for so long. I assumed you were from Nevada. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> and then by is it by design that it's forty one years that you're retiring, or? No, I don't know that it's by design. It's just probably a good time to try something else. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think it. I think, I think you've, you've put in your... I think well, I, you know, I think, you know, realizing at some point that, that 
there was a significant number of people working for the department who were even born yet when I started working here. Probably was a sobering <laughs> moment. Both of us being yeah, we both <laughs> two yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. present company included. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we joke that you have longer in your second career than some people have in their first career. Right. In your time with yeah. the department. Which yeah. Mind-boggling. So, um, looking back, what are some of the what are some of the good memories that you've had? Or some of your things that you think about that you smi- make you smile, or well, you know, I mean, it's just been a great adventure. Uh, there, you know, working. In, I worked at two fish culture facilities. I worked at, at the old Verdi Hatchery, that was actually the first hatchery in the state of Nevada that the state of Nevada owned and constructed. What I think was built in the early uh, 1910, 1912, something like that. Um, and rebuilt several times after that. And then I worked at Washer Rearing Station, uh, which isn't there anymore either. It's on Neal Road where the park is. And that was a property that the state had leased from the county. And when the when we built Mason Valley Hatchery uh, in, in Mason Valley, uh, and we're ready to open that in 1989, we closed Washer Rearing Station and it reverted back to the county. And that's when they built the park and facilities that are there now. Um, but at that point, you know, working in a hatchery, it's a lot of work, but when you're young, it's probably not a big deal. I wouldn't say a lot of it's fun, um, but it was it was always a good place to be. Um, and then they were gonna open Mason Valley and move me there, and I said, I've worked at two fish hatcheries. I, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> um, and I'd been in the, the hatchery system for nine years, and an opportunity came up for a job as a field biologist in fisheries in Las Vegas. And I went down there in 1989. That was, uh, at the time, the only non-game native fish biologist position full-time in the state. So I had an opportunity to go down there in 1989. Um, That was a great job. Uh, Got to travel all over the state, uh, playing with um, native endemic fishes, most of which nobody's ever heard of, right. um, and really build a lot of the program that we've developed since then, start building that program. So that was a really cool job. Um, pretty much any field job is a pretty cool job because <laughs> you get to get in your truck and go out and, and everybody leaves you alone because they can't find you, especially back in the day before um, cell phones and, and mobile devices. Right. That sounds so <laughs> nice right now. <laughs> I mean, we had a radio, but um, we could always pretend it didn't work very well. And we didn't even have a central dispatch back then. So if you needed to call somebody, it was, if somebody happened to be standing next to the radio in the Las Vegas office, they might hear you when you called. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you had a lot of freedom. It was a great job. That's very cool. And then Obviously, eventually you you made the move to headquarters. How did that happen? Well, I um I actually wasn't I was only in the field biologist position a couple of years, and our regional fishery supervisor Dave Buck in Las Vegas retired, and um, I knew two people that were putting in for the job, and I didn't really want to work for either one of them, <laughs> so I put in for the job and I got it got the position as our southern region fishery supervisor, region three we called it then. Um, And I was in that job for a long time. I was in there for 22 years as the supervisor, fishery supervisor for our southern region. 
Was that hard making that move from as you you talked about the luxuries of being a field biologist mm-hmm. and not having to be connected with well, everyone? As a bunch. You know, it's different um, because you do spend more time in the office and dealing with things. But, uh, you know, anyone who's been around long enough knows kind of the transition that we've gone through and how we work. And it doesn't matter whether it's here at the Department of Wildlife or somewhere else. But. There's a level of communication and contact and expectation of being in contact that's very different than it was 30 years ago. Exactly. You know, when I when I took the supervisor's position in Las Vegas, we got we got paper memos in the mail telling us what to do. There was no right. email. We had a dedicated phone line that we were supposed to use to call headquarters that we had to share to call headquarters in Reno. Because that one was toll free, and if we called on the regular line, it racked up long distance charges, long distance, and yeah. we got yelled at. <laughs> so there was maybe in some ways less direction, but in some ways more more freedom, right? In the way you work, exactly. which is you know pros and cons, mm-hmm. but um, but there was a, a lot less of some kinds of distractions that we have now. I think, yeah. So it was good. Yeah, and then you got to also see the state kind of develop. Yeah, part, that's a whole other part of it. The state of Nevada kind of develop. Well, mm-hmm. very much so. You know, when I when I moved to Las Vegas, I think the population was, you know, maybe six, five, six hundred thousand, and when I was there, it went from from that to over two million. So right. I think so. Wow. Um, huge transition, you know, both there and in the state overall. Right. And it's really changed a lot of things with our customers and how we have to approach how we manage wildlife going forward and how we communicate with people and explain about wildlife, whether it's, you know, terrestrial, aquatic, big game, non-game. Some of the jobs are almost just, it's almost in a way a new agency (laughs) or we just have different things we have to face, different jobs that take care of things that have developed over the years yeah very much i mean we still have a lot of traditional roles that we need to play and maintain Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of new challenges out there that we're going to have to figure out how to work through as we go forward exactly and it's amazing that the endemic fish that you were working on back in the day are still there and it's a small blip on their existence yeah i you know i i guess it's it's um i don't know if it's the greatest way to put it as an accomplishment but uh, as far as i know nothing's gone extinct on my watch that's good so so that's probably that's an accomplishment that's probably a good thing yeah especially with your your the species you guys manage for yeah and you know and and we have a huge sport fish program in the southern region as well because we have lake mead and lake mojave in the colorado river right you know it it has been and still is a world-class fishery for, for striped bass and black bass. Um, and it's a huge draw, both for, for local residents and from all over the country. We routinely host uh, bass tournaments at Lake Mead um, that will run, you know, hun- literally hundreds of boats. Right. With, with multiple anglers in a boat. Um, it's part of the tournament circuit for one bass. It's got, um, you know, a huge huge draw still even though you know we're facing some some rather concerning water levels right now right but independent of that it's it may make it harder to float your boat but it doesn't necessarily affect the quality or the fishery yep 
Yeah. Well, we're, I, I want to get and into then, so much more, but I'm debating asking another question because we're running out of time. I almost wanted to ask which fish you geek out over the most, but I'm worried that will run us right through the end of the show. So we may just hit, jump to break real quick, but we will hey. be right back. You are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back. You are listening to Nevada Wild, and we have our fisheries division administrator, John Schoberg, here. He's in his last last week, really, here with us. So it's great to have you, John. And right before the break, you were talking about all the work you did in southern Nevada, which I didn't even realize because right now you're based in Reno mm-hmm. in our headquarters. But um, you, a big part of your job down there is you you developed the endemic fish program. Well, I don't know that we we really developed it, but you know the majority, you know the majority of those those rare endemic desert fishes are in southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. So uh, certainly there's there's other species in in central and northern Nevada that are important as well. But that's kind of where the program, a lot of the program, got built simply because that's where that's the where fishes they are. are. Yeah, yeah. So it was an opportunity to work with. Um, you know, with our biologists and and the headquarters to to really start identifying what we could do, working with federal partners as well with the Fish and Wildlife Service for for species that are that are listed under the ESA, you know, and build that build that program. Um, and it took time, but um, but you know, I think it's it's been an accomplishment. I think you know we've got. A solid program. One of the things that's a little bit unique to Endow, maybe compared to some other wildlife agencies, is because we are a relatively small agency, um, we have never had the luxury in aquatics to have a bunch of dedicated full time native species biologists. Mm-hmm. Um, we really still only have two um, that are that are one hundred percent native aquatic species and one in southern Nevada and one here in headquarters. Uh, but what we've done is recognizing that that all of these species have a commonality, which is they live in aquatic systems. Right. That a lot of the work that we do um, is, is a shared responsibility where the majority of our biologists in fisheries division are not just sport fish biologists, but also work with native aquatic species. And I think that's actually a good thing because I think it builds that understanding of how those species interact and how we manage and restore systems differently than if you have a bunch of native fish people over here and a bunch of sport fish people over here who don't understand those connections and those relative vulnerabilities. So I think in some ways it's even a benefit that we've had to to build our programs that way. Yeah. And, I mean, just talking to – you mentioned there's two native – fish specialists yeah so i'll call them and one i just love their passion for our native fish mm-hmm. and um one of them came running to my office when i made a pupfish 
post on our mm-hmm. Facebook, and he was like, best post of all time. <laughs> and it was just like a quick post I shared yeah. from another page. Yeah. So like I teased before the break, what yeah. are some of the fish that make you geek out the most when it comes to those endemic species? Well, you know, species? It's, 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 it's hard to say. You know, there, there's so many. And, and I, I should throw in a plug here, and I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. Go for it. That don't forget about our native salmonids, too. That's because true. it's one, you know, we we like to talk about our native endemic non-game fishes, but remember that we have multiple native sport fish in this state too. You know, all of which are salmonids. We have mountain whitefish. We have interior red band trout. We have bull trout. We have uh, Lahontan cutthroat trout, Bonneville, and Yellowstone cutthroat trout. And they're they're in northern Nevada primarily, but there's another whole suite of, of native species on the landscape that are extremely important and native to the state that are game fish. But coming back to your question, um, you know, I've always been very fond of razorback suckers uh, because they're they're really cool. And <laughs> they they're, they're big. I mean, they were, you know, you can get a IGFA all-tackle world I'll tackle world record razorback sucker that's going to be close to three feet long. So, you know, they're, they're a really cool fish. Um, they're endangered in the Colorado River system because we've done some things that allow us to live in the desert but weren't good for native species like build big dams mm-hmm. that turn rivers into reservoirs. But it's interesting that one of our success stories actually is the razorback sucker in Lake Mead which is a big pond of water full of hungry mouths that eat them, like striped bass and, you know, black bass. But for reasons that we still can't explain, it's one of the only naturally recruiting persistent populations of razorback sucker anywhere in the world. And recognized by that as the service, as a matter of fact, they highlight it as one of the, one of the most, you know, one population that's actually tracking consistently and not having be constantly augmented. Yeah. Um, so there are success stories out there. I think uh, Railroad Valley Springfish is another one of my favorites, a fish most people have never heard of. Right. I work at Endow, and don't be mad at me, <coughs> but I don't know if I've heard of this type of fish. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's a whole complex of fish that, that are up through the White River um, going up from, from the Moapa area the old historic White River Basin up through Pranagat Valley and then through Kerch and White River Valley. And there are several species of springfish in there, which are little endemic desert fishes. But the Railroad Valley springfish, which is directly related, is unique because it actually occurs in Railroad Valley, which is an isolated basin west of there, which means that at some point, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, there were events that isolated that fish just in that one valley but its immediate relations are just over the hill right. in a whole separate system. And it's a, it's a fish that's actually doing pretty well um, for one of our desert fishes. Uh, we actually have property out there um, that we acquired a number of years ago that allows us to manage directly and protect some of the most important populations. It also occurs on the Duckwater uh, Tribal Reservation, and we, we work very closely with the tribe out there on conservation efforts, but those are the only two places in the world where that fish exists. Which is wild. Yeah. That really is. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to get into how exciting or how 
what how does it feel to represent Nevada on a national level being in your position now you know going to conferences and being the the fish chief or the administrator for fisheries yeah it's, that's a good interesting question um <laughs> you know and actually that's one of the things i enjoy about the job that i've had up here is that you get to to work a little bit outside your outside your bubble and and talk to people who have different experiences who deal with different species but also a lot of people who have similar things they have to deal with and that's one of the things that i think is is really great about is about endow is that um we always we always punch a little above our weight. I think that you know my experience on the national stage is that is that we have the ability to work with other agencies, other entities, other programs on a regional and national level that benefit us and have more influence than we probably deserve from our size. Because I think we we have a lot of people here who are extremely talented, who are very knowledgeable, and who have, know the right combination of um how should i put this uh inserting oneself into the process <laughs> you know to have that influence and help make sure things are are going well not just for wildlife but for nevada and the resources we have here for sure we do have a, a team of rock stars we, we really, really do yeah you know and that's one thing that's always impressed me is that, is that we endow has a group of people who really like i said are are we're influ we have the ability to help build things more than we probably deserve from our size. Yep. As an agency. Yeah, for sure. And uh one thing that we always appreciate is your humor. Oh, I was afraid yeah. you were gonna get to that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone here, you know, obviously they know who you are. You're the di game division or the what am I saying? Fisheries oh, no. division Thank administrator. You. Thank you. <laughs> I scared you. That you was you a, almost that was woke a, up in a bad <laughs> yeah. dream for a second. That was a, a Freudian slip for the <laughs> yeah. joke that you told during the break. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that really was. But all of your team has been has been excited to celebrate you once exactly. you Exactly. That's what I was trying to get once at. Once you announced your, your date that you were gonna be retiring and so they've been compiling uh, not since then, but over time, some some Schobergisms. Oh, good. And so we we wanted to to see if you uh, if you could tell us what some of them meant. And uh, I think you should almost share luck. the one that he shared with us over the break, since I just called him the game division administrator. <laughs> oh, there's been a few. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, you want to go list. for that yeah. one, John? Which one? Sage grouse one. Oh, I said every day he wakes up and thanks God that sage grouse is not a fish. Well, right, yeah, and I, I said, you know, every day I, I, I wake up and I, I thank the good Lord that nobody called me at 3 a.m. and said a bunch of trout broke into their cabin and tore the door off of the refrigerator, <laughs> which is why being in charge of fish is much more fun than being in charge of some other things sometimes. It's true, true. You do have your share of, of contentious issues, but, yeah, not not as much as others. There There are some just some funny ones. Uh, it's like nailing jello to a tree. Yeah. Um, I just need someone who can fog a mirror. <laughs> what, what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> um, uh, we can't just cowboy stuff around the landscape like we used to do in the old days. Yeah, probably not. It's <laughs> a so lesson we've all, you know, learned more and more. <laughs> I like your reaction to all well, of them. you know, and it's it's interesting that one because we were just talking about that. We had our agency meeting, 
and one of one of my biologists was talking about working with um, lawn cutthroat trout in uh, in southern Nevada in Clark County in the Spring Mountains, mm-hmm. which is way out of range for where lawn cutthroat trout normally occur. And I mean that was that was kind of a example of the of cowboy and stuff around in the old days. We used to do a lot of that, and it actually predates me, right? You know, but. Um, when when we first built Lake Mead Hatchery in the early 1970s, and Lake Mead was in a big transition from to a very different fishery uh, because of building Glen Canyon Dam, and it changed a lot of the characteristics of Lake Mead. And at the time, you know, we were taking a very scientific approach of growing whatever we could think of in the hatchery and throwing it out in the lake and seeing if it survived. Right. Um, and I think what happened on Mount Charleston or Spring Mountains was that We'd tried LCT, and of course they had a half-life of about two weeks in Lake Mead, uh, but there were some left, and somebody said, hey, I know a stream up there. And the next thing you know, there we had lot and cutthroat trout outside of Pahrump. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's how we used to do things in the yeah. old days, and it, it's probably not the best way of doing things. Yeah. Um, but it certainly happened a lot, and you know there were some good outcomes and some not so good outcomes. And they're still there. And they're still, yeah. but in this case, it was a good. Amazingly <laughs> enough, they're still there, and it provides a really cool little recreational fishery in a three-mile stream. Right. That's a really in the cool middle story. of the desert. Yeah. Yep. That's this, awesome. having said all of this, do you feel? Are you confident with the place that you're leaving? our agency in? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think we have an incredibly talented pool of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have good leadership. We have good, you know, mid-level, and we have great biologists. And it's it's not just fisheries division. It's across the agency. And, you know, I think that's one of the, the cool things is I'm leaving at a time when, you know, we've got some real opportunities coming to do both what we're doing and some new things as well as what we traditionally have done, um, and a really good group of people to help us do that. It's just a real positive atmosphere, I think. And then uh, last question for me is, what, do you, what, what are your plans for the next year? That's a good what one. are you looking forward to? Um, actually, nothing very specific. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just kind of go with the flow. Right on. Yeah. Do some traveling, maybe? Maybe do a little traveling. I think things are starting to make that a little easier. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and just take it easy and think about what to do next. That's great. <laughs> That's a good well, answer. definitely earned it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. So. And you will definitely be missed by all of us, and we're happy that you joined us. Oh, well, my podcast. pleasure. Yeah. Of course. Well, thank you, John, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Of course. Yep. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild. Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.